Welcome to Behind the Mask, the podcast where we offer a fresh lens on the male psyche and explore behaviours, perceptions and mental health. Today's episode is on the topic of female harassment. Some of our close female friends expressed to us in recent weeks that they would quite like to hear us cover the topic on our podcast. Um, And after much consideration and discussion, Rup and I agreed that we thought we could add something useful to the conversation. And as two men, we think it's really important that we engage with the problem of harassment. We've decided to hand the mic over to women to tell us their real experiences of this issue. So what will proceed are a series of voice notes from friends and, and listeners of the podcast. And then Tom and I have a little chat about it all at the end. The experiences that you're about to hear are all real and, frankly, are very unpleasant. So please consider that if you think it might be triggering to you. So about November 2018, I was walking home alone from the train station to my house and it was after a few drinks and it was late it was about 11 o'clock and this man caught up to me and started talking to me and I thought the best thing to do is to be polite so I just like walked and talked with him for a while but then we started coming up to where I live I live on my own and didn't want him to know where I lived so I managed to shake him off but beforehand he asked for my number I gave it to him I just thought there's nothing he can really do with it and if he gets in touch I'll block him gave him the correct number because in the past I've given people the wrong number and they've called it um so I just thought yeah just give it to him get rid of him perfect so the next day he was calling and texting me and I blocked him then he tried texting me and calling me from another number which I also blocked I thought that would probably be the end of it but then a couple of weeks later I was coming out of my house and he was walking along the street and he kind of called out to me and I was like oh great now he does know where I live um I think he knew the area I lived in from before and was trying to find me and he asked me why I blocked him um and I just said that I didn't feel comfortable with him having my number because we we didn't know each other and then kind of like got in my car and went away then over the next couple of months I saw him a lot on my road and he always tried to talk to me and I would just say like hi I've got to go somewhere get in my car or walk off I sit on the sofa in my front room and I started noticing him walking up the road and he kind of checked in my windows all the time, every time. And a few weeks in a row, he'd just caught me getting in my car, going about to go to the supermarket. And so on the following week, I didn't go and I was just watching telly and I noticed he came at about that time and he seemed surprised that I wasn't there and was quite clearly looking for me. So once it had been a year, I decided it was time to go to the police. But eventually the police did manage to find him after about 18 months and they told him off and it stopped. I know a lot of women have felt so exhausted from the events of the last couple of weeks. So I was on holiday with my, at the time, boyfriend we were in a bar we were playing um shuffleboard with a group of with another couple i was kind of like leaning against shuffleboard and my boyfriend at the time was leaning against the wall so kind of like looking on me and a guy walked past and grabbed my ass in front of my boyfriend which i don't think any of us really believed was happening until it happened I kind of turned round and 
looked at my then boyfriend, we kind of all realised what had happened. And I was, like, really shaken up, but at the same time, I questioned whether it was my fault that it had happened. I questioned what I was wearing at the time, whether I should have been wearing something longer or more appropriate. The fact that this individual thought that it was okay to touch me without knowing me was horrible. So the first time I was sexually harassed, I was 12 years old. So instantly I was very aware of my presence in the world and I think ever since then I've been quite hyper aware when I'm walking down the street of my body and the space I'm taking up and just what I look like. I feel kind of anxious if people look at me just because I'm so used to being sexually harassed. I can't explain how common it is. You know when you're a teenager and you have those days out where you literally just go to a shopping centre and mess around? That's what we were doing and... I got cackled 13 times in that day, and that's probably in the space of, like, five or six hours. I've been harassed outside my office. I've been harassed in the supermarket, literally everywhere I can think of. Obviously, in clubs, yes, that's happened as well. I've had my bum groped in clubs. I've had people follow me around the club. I, you know, I've even been followed when I'm going for a walk, and I've had to try and lose the person, so, like... It's very much happening. It's happened when I'm with other people too. And then on the way home, still in broad daylight, um, I, there was a big group of guys sitting outside a pub and I knew they were going to say something to me. I just, as a woman, you just know sometimes, like, people have got that energy. So I crossed the road. I was like, I can just tell. And, of course, they just decide to shout louder at me across the street, which is really embarrassing, just shouting and jeering at me, like, Whoa! I'm like, who are you? Like, I don't know you. Literally, within, like, three metres, some guy stopped his car, trying to talk to me and trying to get me to get in. Do you know what I mean? I'm just going about my daily life, like, it's unacceptable. Actually, my experience of street harassment in particular has actually gone down the older I've got. Maybe I've got uglier, I don't know, but it seems to apply to a lot of my friends too who've had conversations about it, and... I think there's something in it about the power dynamic. Like, I don't think that any man who's whistling at you from a van genuinely thinks you are going to come and get in that van. I think it's an expression of power because when I was in school uniform, oh my God, all the time, like on the bus, I got chatted up. It was horrible. It's creepy. Yeah, man, it just sucks. <laughs> I think I was around 10 years old when I started putting my school bag in front of me when walking home by myself. I didn't think much of it, I just did it. I remember placing the pocket of the bag close to me so I could grab my keys faster and I always made sure all the back straps were close to my body. Just in case, you never know. By 12 years old, I had learned to take off my ponytail while walking home. Sometimes while the boys played during recess, the girls and I talked about it amongst ourselves. Girls with long hair are easier to grab. A ponytail is a risk. Just bring your hair in front of your shoulder, just in case. You never know. By 14, I had learned that wearing a hoodie could be a good idea. Any clothes that would make me look more boyish, more tough. As if a 14-year-old could pretend to be that. 
I learned to pretend to walk like a guy, just in case. By 16, I learned I would be sexually harassed no matter what I'd wear. At first, I blamed that skirt. It was too pretty. I, I loved it, but it was short. Then I had nothing else to blame. It didn't matter what I wore, a hoodie, jeans, a tracksuit. Everything seems likely to those men who screamed things at me from the cars, from a construction site, from the street, from behind me. So I also learned to stop wearing my headphones on my way home. Listening to those men was better than not being aware. I learned to stay quiet, to keep walking fast, to ignore it, to not say a thing in spite of how much I wanted to tell them to fuck off. By 18 years old, I had left Spain to come study at England. I was so excited to go to uni and learn so many new things. On my first day, I went to pick up my student ID and they handed me a rape alert key ring as well. Welcome to uni, it said behind in a banner. I didn't think much of it. I was too excited to enjoy my uni experience and to meet so many people and to start my classes. Then a girl got raped outside my uni court that same week. So I couldn't pretend I didn't think much of it because I did. I put the keys around my rape alert key ring and I carried them on my hand every time I walked home alone. Just the same way I had learned to carry my keys when I was 12 years old, just in case. It would have been about 13, 14, and I was waiting for the bus on my way back from school. Broad daylight, I was approached by um, a man who just started saying that I was going to have sex with him and I needed to come with him and that we were going to have sex. And I was just like, what? I mean, I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. I think I laughed. And then I was like, no, I'm not. I'm waiting for my bus, I'm going home. And then he actually like grabbed my boob um, and he was trying to like get me to come with him. And I was still being very polite about it, just saying um, no. Um, my bus started to pull up and also there was a mechanics garage behind me um, and there was um, guys working there and I think they'd clocked what was happening and one of them had started to walk over. And uh, when I got home, I said to my mum, like, oh, this funny thing happened. And I told her about it. And she was like, oh, God, that's not funny. That's, that's really serious. You need to, you need to report it. We'll, we'll call the police and you can tell them. And I did call the police. I gave them a description that night. Um, we'd had quite a long interaction. So I gave them a really accurate description of what he looked like, what he was wearing. And it was good that I did because the next day he actually, it turns out he had a thing for women or girls in uniform. And he quite seriously attacked a nurse close by to where this had happened to me um, and the police were able to pick him up based on my description um, and the police were very good actually about the whole thing um, he ended up going to prison so yeah I was on a packed train from Alexander Palace um, back in central London after a gig a few years ago. I'm talking kind of central line at rush hour, like facing someone's armpit, like squashed. And I was with a group of about six friends, men and women. We all managed to kind of squeeze on and get in there. And then I was aware of a group of, of younger lads, I don't know, from memory, maybe four of them. These lads were, were very loud, very drunk, but I ended up making small talk with them like you do with fans at gigs you know like and I remember turning my back to talk to my friend and I felt this hand up my skirt instantly shouted like hey I suppose a few people looked around but you couldn't really move on the train and then I turned around and it was one of these young guys and his mate was like 
what's your problem? And I looked the guy who'd done it right in the eye and was like, he knows. And I don't know why I didn't say there and then, your mate just put his hand up my skirt and I, I wish I had now. I think at the time I was embarrassed about it, maybe. Like I remember my face felt a bit hot and red and I just wanted to get off the train. You hear about these situations and I always think, oh, I would have, you know, I would have shouted out and then given him what for and hit him. And no, I didn't do any of that. I just felt embarrassed and rode it out. And then when we got to the station, um, everyone kind of piled off the train and I realised that I was shaking. And, oh, God, I, I really, really wish I'd reported it or said something at the time. time, time. works because I don't often use voice notes so um just let me know if it doesn't but yeah you know there's this kind of low level frequency of smaller things and I think it's really important to highlight that so whether that's you know being on a journey home um where I used to live it took me 20 20 minutes longer to get home because I felt like I couldn't walk across the common if I was coming back late or it was a bit dark or there's been times when I've been sat on a bus and I felt uncomfortable because someone's kind of moved to sit beside or behind me or is sort of just making me feel uncomfortable and then you kind of have to think about how do I get off the bus <laughs> without them feeling offended been numerous times where you sort of pretend to get off the bus and then pretend to remember it's not your stop so Lucy Tobin had written a piece about Uber this was a few years ago when it was starting to kind of really come to London as a woman in my 20s at that time with a job that often saw me coming back late or you know if I've been out with friends it was actually a bit of a, an affordable and, and safe option um, than public transport so I literally just retweeted it and wrote my support with that and the amount of abusive messages that I received most of whom said that they were cab drivers but one of them even said literally I hope you get raped I was working at an event and was waiting outside the venue for talent to arrive when a man approached me. He wouldn't leave me alone and kept trying to talk to me and ask if I have a boyfriend. I was panicking, but he kept persisting and eventually grabbed my phone and called his so that he'd have my number. He followed me into the event and proceeded to call me every hour on the night until 7am, where I blocked his number. He then began calling me from different phones, which persisted constantly for four months. I never picked up, but he eventually found my social media profiles and I had to call the police because I was worried he'd show up at my office. The police refused to do anything and implied throughout that I was at fault for responding to his question in the first place, giving him hope. Eventually, luckily, he stopped calling. When I was 16, I worked in a retail store as a Saturday job. I was stalked by a man in his early 20s. He used to come in every Saturday and follow me around the shop, 
or if I was on the tills, come and pay for items multiple times throughout my shift. He used to wait outside the shop every time my shift ended and would repeatedly ask for my number. In the end, it got so bad, my manager banned him from the shop. I was also routinely groped by two members of the team at that shop. At the time, I thought it was normal. Now I know it's not. So in the beginning of my 20s and my mid-20s, I've traveled quite a lot across Southeast Asia and South America by myself. And having this travel bug driving me towards adventures alone somewhere in the world. It strikes me that we live in a world where traveling alone as a girl is said to be more dangerous than traveling alone as a guy. And it's the first thing so many people think about when girls travel alone. It's always, couldn't it be dangerous? Aren't you putting yourself in a dangerous situation? And while guys are encouraged to follow their dreams when setting foot on an adventure, girls are being told to offer an easy target to men. It's just so wrong. And girls should be able to follow their dreams as well. I mean, without being scared. We just heard a selection of real stories uh, from followers of the podcast who got in touch to, to share what happened to them in the real world. Um, and yeah, frankly, frankly, I found it really eye-opening. Um, I'll, I'll kick us off with a stat. I mean, I was doing some research into the topic, obviously, and I saw that a report by UN Women said that 97% of women aged 18 to 24 have experienced sexual harassment in a public space. And that's the kind of thing, I mean, that, that sort of stat will get your attention and show you, show you that there's a problem. But I think I found that hearing the stories from our followers, many of whom are in our own social circles, really brings home how serious this problem is and how widespread it is and really gave me a feeling of, right, we need to step up and take action here. Like, men everywhere need to take notice of this. I mean, how did you find listening to the stories? No, I 100% agree. Um, and in fact, I, I said this to um, a lot of my friends that, that sent in the stories, that it it shocked me um, how commonplace this all is. I think as guys, it's something that we don't really consider on like kind of like a day-to-day basis. But for women, it's it's become so, so normalised to the point where a lot of... Uh, a lot of women sort of said, you know, I'm sure every woman's got an experience of this or, you know, here's just one experience that I've had. Yeah, I think, like, like you say, we received so many responses, like more than I would have anticipated. And I think, as you were saying, it, what became obvious is that every woman everywhere has multiple stories like this, whereas I'm willing to guarantee that most men don't. Like I was thinking I might have one story in my life you could possibly consider kind of like sexual harassment, but you know it's very clear that every woman I spoke to had multiple stories, and what was interesting as well is that a few people got in touch and said, "Well, I've got loads of stories, but they're not serious enough for your podcast and they were saying like I've got loads of stories about bum touching, being shouted at in the streets, grabbed on the streets um and I just think it's 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 a sign of how bad the problem is that one of those stories might equate to like my worst experience, but the, it was so normalized to girls, they felt like it wasn't serious enough to share. 
And I think it's about discussing the whole culture. And I think all of these things play into that culture, from the smaller things to the to the bigger incidents. I think all of it counts and all of it should be should be kind of heard for. Yeah, completely agree. And another thing that I noticed was that was actually around the definition of sexual harassment. So a couple of couple of women that um a couple of my friends that 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 sent things in sort of said, you know, I don't I don't know if you'd consider this as sexual harassment when it it almost definitely is sexual harassment and I think that is another thing which is quite interesting is this term sexual harassment and and what is encompassed under under that under that phrase under that term yeah it's it's really interesting man like like one of one of the stories that I heard was about how they noticed that the the harassment they got on the streets was a lot more prevalent when they were younger and particularly when they were wearing their school uniform which almost made it feel like there was some sort of power play in here or like that these things were being done you know because certain men want to feel powerful um and there's some really weird kind of subtext to that um but I, you know i think you're right it, it's obvious that it's all the direction is cl- very clearly men to women so it, i think it kind of inherently has that sexual element to it someone sent me um it was kind of related to what we were saying at the start which was it's not just about the incidents which are the more significant memories it's all such a noise by now that i just kind of try to block it all out so i can't actually recall any of the more memorable ones because it's just a constant stream that has become so normalized to the point where yeah people can't recall what what specific incidents they don't look to recall they just kind of ignore it now you know yeah it's mad like i i don't know you but when i was growing up i i I feel like cat calling was just like a normal part of life like the idea that like builders on a building site like nothing against builders but just that's like the stereotype like would shout at women and that was almost considered normal uh and i think you know the fact that that was considered normal and then a lot of girls are saying that they've had their bum touched or they've been shouted at but you know it's not serious it kind of implies that all these things are normalized now and that it's just accepted as part of part of our life in this mm-hmm. country and other countries and it's yeah it's i think it's great that it's finally starting to become up yeah, you know, one of the main topics in, in, in on the agenda and that people are calling out this kind of things because it must be fucking scary being a woman. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think all of that behaviour comes into it, like you were saying, the from the catcalling um, through to, you know, through to, through to other things. I think all of that plays a part. Um, and it's about... And I think th- the solution is is about... It's hard to, it's a really difficult thing to pin down, but I think the key is sort of eliminating the the whole culture around it, you know, Um, the whole culture about this treatment um, from things like catcalling through to, you know, one of the stories there was that someone was harassed or approached by a man when she was at school you know uh, f- through to that i think it's yeah it's it's about eliminating that that whole culture or, or trying to do something about that whole culture yeah um, no i i agree with you there 
yeah. think that like a big driver of what I mean, it feels to me now that the culture is shifting for like in a significant way around this topic. And I think a really big driver has probably been people coming out and sharing all their stories. Um, and I think when you hear somebody you know telling that story, it does feel quite like I almost felt guilty hearing friends of mine share stories that I had no idea about. And you feel like I've kind of let them down as a friend because I wasn't there to help them. So, and and maybe in some way that will be a, a thing that will continue to drive the change. More people coming out talking about their stories. Like I don't know if you would agree with this, but from just sitting and listening to all of the clips that we got, it really helped shift how I was feeling about the topic from harassment is bad to harassment is a pretty widespread well it's a very widespread problem affecting the women in my life how can i help like what what the fuck is going on like i need to help this and and maybe that will will you know reach you know break, um what's the word maybe that will reach a lot of people in a meaningful way if people in their lives are telling them what they've been through mm-hmm. no i agree i think obviously one of the reasons that we wanted to chat about this was to to bring the issue to light and i think one of the possible solutions is making guys aware of how certain things can make people feel. And by discussing these things, we can bring light to these issues and hopefully kind of help try and try and erase some of these things in future. Yeah, I mean, I think what what you were saying then about like the people doing these things don't realize how it feels or what they're doing it's it, like on a lot of other issues it's almost like if you just show some empathy and think about how the other person might feel you could probably probably change your behavior in a, in, in a good way for the better and t- an example of that on a small scale would be like since since all the since all of this has been in the kind of zeitgeist and and people are thinking about this stuff more i've definitely found myself in a situation where, let's say I've come out of Tesco at night and I'm walking behind uh, a woman and I happen to like accidentally be quite close to them just by chance. Usually I wouldn't think twice about that, but I'm in a position now where I'm thinking, okay, they don't know that I don't have any bad intentions. They might be feeling quite scared, particularly because of you know everything that's been in the news. So I'm just going to take a few steps back and like just put yourself into their shoes a bit. Um, a, a good friend of ours recently asked us both, as a man, do you also feel scared on the streets at night or do you not feel scared at all? And the the point I would make about that is that the streets are scary for anybody. And like obviously I'm you know, sometimes I'm walking at night looking over my shoulder. That's that's a natural feeling, but there's this if you have the empathy of putting yourself in a woman's shoes, you have the added context of, you know, potentially being sexually harassed or assaulted or something like that, which is not something that I think men really think about or worry about. And you know that that's 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 a really scary place to be, and um, I think you know we can all, by thinking about that empathy, we might be able to change our behaviour and make people feel a bit more comfortable on the streets. I, I personally think a key thing is calling calling stuff out, like calling stuff out as you see it, um, because and I think what that does is helps to to stop the normalisation of these sorts of things. I think education's a key thing as well. Um, we had 
we had obviously Matt Kiniston on on the podcast for the second episode and he talked about some of the work that he's doing in schools around trying to sort of eradicate and and, and eliminate this culture and I don't know whether you saw Tom Tom um a couple of days ago I think it was there's this new website that's come out called everyone's invited and and it's pupils and ex-pupils and uni students are uh, basically they they're able to anon- anonymously share their experience of of when abnormal behaviors are normalized such as like misogyny harassment abuse and assault on the website and it's it's blown up so it's it's become quite a big news story over the past couple of days um and i think one thing that i learned obviously me me and you haven't don't work in schools we haven't been in schools you know since, since we were at school so we don't know how it, yeah, so we, we don't know how it operates nowadays, but I think that Matt Kiniston episode was really insightful in kind of offering us kind of a glimpse into what it's like at schools at the moment. And one of the things that I remembered that he said was that the programmes that they did worked, but there wasn't enough of it. So they'd go into schools like once a year and by the time they'd they'd left they'd done a good job, like, you know, by, by the end of session, they'd done a good job, but then they wouldn't be back for another year. And another thing I read um, was that I think last, other than before last year, the sex education programme at school before last year hadn't changed for 20 years, which is mad when you see, yeah, it's, it's crazy when you see how much society's really That's <laughs> yeah i'm just thinking about how that. society's shifted yeah we're, we're a whole different type of people now to, to, to 20 yeah. years ago That's so i think insane. there's so much more that can be done in schools and and you know given working positively with boys as as matt talked a lot about and giving giving boys the skills to to call out peers and the incidents they see you know, education around what consent is and what what respect is. Because an, another thing that um, I asked someone, a friend of mine, was what do they think is classed as sexual harassment? And I don't know whether you've had this answer from people that you've spoken to, but the response that, that I've had is that it's it's perception so it's different from person to person one person might not feel something as sexual harassment another person might feel it is so it's so i think it's about edu- like you said it's it, it's it's educating people to have the communication skills and the ability to be able to recognize that what they are doing isn't something that's going to make someone you know that other person isn't isn't going to feel comfortable doing that um and I think it's that's something that we can we can all reflect on you know I'm I'm sure I've I've done it in the past I'm sure you've done it I'm sure pretty much everyone has has had an incident in the past which maybe in hindsight you would have done things differently having learned about things since um, having read up about different experiences, so I think it's f- from from education through to teach. You know, if you're not in a, if you're not a young person now in the education sector now, it's about educating yourself on these issues. 
Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's like a really what your point about schools is is like bang on in my head. Like, I think the, you know, a really big problem with this whole issue is that we can talk about it on this podcast and and our listeners can listen to it, but realistically, you know, being honest, the people who listen to this podcast probably isn't going to be the group of people that really need to have this message reach them. Um, and then, like you say, things like schools so important to that in in kind of reaching the you know outside of the echo chambers and, and hitting the masses um i think that's a really exciting thing and you know if it feels like in the last few years maybe a new stereotype of a man is starting to start to form a bit and i'm you you know you can just just hope that the harassment of women is taken as seriously as it, as it should be and and becomes a big part of that kind of new man um archetype as well um, I think you're right. Schools are uh, they're probably the best place to start. Yeah, right? I mean, uh, there's 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 no nowhere better really, is there? But th- yeah, hopefully we're starting to see a culture shift. Um, there's still, I think there is still a lot of stuff around. Um, you know, there's 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 been a lot of stuff around. Um, I don't know whether we want to include this part in the in the final podcast, but around it's not all boys, and it's it's not all boys that that's for sure. But I think all boys have a part to play in all all boys have a have a part to play. Essentially, even even if it's not you, even if you look at yourself and say I'm not that person who 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 you know harasses women or whatever if you actually take the time to speak to women learn about experiences how they feel you might look at yourself and say oh maybe i i didn't realize i i should do this differently or or i should do that distant differently and yeah everyone's got a part to play no i agree yeah i think i think it can these sorts of things they're sensitive subjects right and as a man i think it is quite easy to feel defensive about it and have that mindset of well i haven't done anything wrong i'm just going to keep doing nothing wrong but that hasn't worked clearly uh and and everyone needs to play their part in changing the world around us and i think you know that that classic thing about if you say nothing and do nothing you're, you're complicit in it and and that's important here like you know a big theme we've hit across season one with the podcast is people thinking about their place in the world and how they can make change happen in their own way and i think that that kind of thought is what you know the reason we're sitting here talking about it for this podcast like i was thinking maybe you might work in a bar and after lockdown you're going to say something now when you when you might see what could be harassment going on or if you work with kids maybe you might take a little time to speak to them about respecting women and how important that is and yeah, I think that, that again, as we always say, like considering how you can change the world around you in whatever, in, no matter how small that might be, it's going to play a part in the bigger macro change, which we all want to see. Was like for everybody listening, you know, D- DM us, message us if you think we got anything wrong or if there's any other topics like this you want to see us cover. Um, we're always looking to improve and to, to educate ourselves. So reach out if you want to talk to us about it anymore.
This episode was produced by Rupert and myself and was sound designed by Jack Sudderby. We also wanted to give a really big thank you to Rebecca Lamonte for letting us use some of her music. If you'd like to support a relevant charity to some of the issues in today's episode, there are plenty out there, such as the Rosa Fund for Women. And for all things podcast, follow us on Instagram at Behind the Mask Podcast.